0: Thanks, Phil. Thanks, team, very much. Appreciate it. Thanks to Carly also for filling in a couple of weeks ago. Wow, powerful service, I heard. Thank you, Carly. Appreciate that so much. If you weren't here two weeks ago, let me recommend that you watch it online. Uh, So powerful. I'll tell you just a funny story before I get to the reading of Isaiah chapter 34 this morning. I was down to the Bible school two weeks ago and teaching Old Testament survey, and it was taking a bit longer than normal. Students there from America, from Canada, from Germany. And uh, Wednesday night, I thought, oh Lord, I've got four lectures, but I've got to squash it into three. And I thought, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Because I don't like rushing lectures at the end. And I thought, well, this is it, you know, just the situation that it is. And then I heard Thursday morning that one of the staff members had COVID, and that after morning tea, the students would break up and they'd go each to a staff member. And so they decided not to do that, to cancel that so that no students were infected in any way with COVID and they'd all be tested instead. And I thought, well, there's my lecture. Thank you, Lord. And so the students didn't know this. And so when I went to them on the Thursday morning, I said, look, you'll be told that the lecture after the period after morning tea will be free. But can I please ask you that when the principal tells you you have a free lecture, that you reply and you say, no, no, we don't want a free lecture. We want Neil with Old Testament. And so there was the principal walking down, and he walked in. I wish I'd taken a photo of his face, as he was so happy to tell them, right, you've got a free lecture, and they all responded, no, no, we want Neil, we want Neil for another lecture. And the shock on his face was like, oh, oh, okay, all right, if you want that, not knowing that I had primed them up. Uh, Such a laugh. Isaiah chapter 34 and chapter 35, a little bit lengthy, but anyway, it's good for us to know the context. What I've been doing is reading through Isaiah and particularly noticing passages that are referred to in the Gospels, so that's the why, why I've chosen this this morning. Isaiah chapter 34. Draw near, O nations, to hear, O peoples, give heed. Let the earth hear and all that fills it, the world and all that comes from it. For the Lord is enraged against all the nations and furious against all their hordes. He has doomed them, has given them over for slaughter. Their slain shall be cast out and the stench of their corpses shall rise. The mountains shall flow with their blood. All the host of heaven shall rot away and the skies roll up like a scroll. All their host shall wither like a leaf withering on a vine or fruit withering on a fig tree. When my sword has drunk, its fill in the heavens low, it will descend upon Edom, upon the people I have doomed to judgment. The Lord has a sword, it is sated with blood, it is gorged with fat, with the blood of lambs and goats, with the fat of the kidneys of rams. For the Lord has a sacrifice in Bozrah, a great slaughter in the land of Edom. "'Wild oxen shall fall with them, "'and young steers with the mighty bulls. "'Their land shall be soaked with blood, "'and their soil made rich with fat. "'For the Lord has a day of vengeance, "'a year of vindication by Zion's cause, "'and the streams of Edom shall be turned into pitch, "'and her soil into sulphur. "'Her land shall become burning pitch. "'Night and day it shall not be quenched. "'It's smoke shall go up forever.' From generation to generation it shall lie waste. No one shall pass through it forever and ever. But the hawk and the hedgehog shall possess it. The owl and the raven shall live in it. He shall stretch the line of confusion over it and the plummet of chaos over its nobles. They shall name it No Kingdom There. And all its princes shall be nothing. Thorns shall grow over its strongholds, nestles and thistles in its fortresses. It shall be the haunt of jackals, an abode for ostriches. Wild cats shall meet with hyenas. Goat demons shall call to each other. There to Lilith shall repose and find a place to rest. They shall, there shall the owl nest and lay and hatch and brood in its shadow. There to the buzzers shall gather, each one with its mate. Seek and read from the book of the Lord. Not one of these shall be missing. None shall be without its mate. For the mouth of the Lord has commanded and his spirit has gathered them. He has cast the lot for them. His hand has portioned it out to them with the line. They shall possess it forever. From generation to generation they shall live in it. Chapter 35. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sh- sand shall become a pool and the thirsty gra- ground springs of water. The haunt of jackal shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fool, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Remember that old scripture and song chorus we used to sing, that last verse. Well, what do you think of when you hear the word garden? The word garden. Maybe you think of a botanical garden different species, succulents, ponds, lagoons, rocky pathways perhaps, some exotic plants. Maybe you think of some of the beautiful gardens in the world, and I'm sure some of you have visited those. The Buchart Gardens in Victoria, British Columbia. Hampton Gardens in England. Kirstenbosch in Cape Town some of the gardens that I've been able to visit where you just want to spend all day there and take in the beauty. Perhaps when you think of garden, you think of paths and bridges. You listen to streams and the birds in the trees. Perhaps when you think of the word garden, you think of fields with the humming of bees and the birds singing their song in the trees. Or possibly, when you hear the word garden, you think of your own back garden. Here it is. It's coming. There we go. With fountains, <laughs> a thing of glory, and all that, all those hedges to trim. I think the Lord has a special place for gardens. In fact, Scripture opens, doesn't it, in Genesis chapter 2. With Adam and Eve being in a garden and I'm not sure what kind of garden you think it is but this is the picture that I have so for some reason I just think the garden of Eden had a lot of ferns that there was mist coming down a lot of beautiful trees there as well streams animals that were afraid of humans just the most idyllic place perhaps to live but It wasn't created for Adam and Eve to live in forever, for God had called them to go in to fill the earth and to subdue it which means at some point they needed either they or their offspring to leave the Garden of Eden and to go into all the rest of the world. Well, I'm sure we know what happened in Genesis chapter 3. They chose to go against God. They ate from the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil instead of the tree of life. They died spiritually on that day and God had to cast them out of the garden to prevent them from eating of the tree of life and staying in their sinless state, Forever. So God cast them out of the garden and put cherubim at the entrance with a flaming sword so they could not enter and get back into it. And I imagine what Adam and Eve would have thought. You know, that beautiful, idyllic place that they lived in, now they were banished from. But banished from out of the grace of God, as I say, so they didn't stay in that sinful state forever as we've been looking at passages on isaiah and of course the early chapters first 39 chapters there's a lot of doom and gloom and then now and again you get a little glimmer of light little glimmer of hope but then afterwards after chapter 39 from chapters 40 through to 66 it's the reverse is true it's much more good news than gloom and doom so perhaps all of us are going well bring on bring on chapter 40 that's what we want but in this chapter chapter 35 Isaiah mentions the garden, but I just need to go into Isaiah 34 to begin with, so that we can notice the contrast—the contrast between the two. The first few chapters of, uh, uh, first few verses of chapter 34, emphasise this great destruction that will come upon the earth. Now I'm sure you're like me. Sometimes you read Scripture and you think, you know, is this literal? Or is this figurative language? And sometimes as best as I do, I just go, Lord, I don't know. I don't know. But how can all the inhabitants of the earth be gathered into one place? How can all the armies of the earth come together in just one place? I'm not sure. I don't have the answer to that. Verse 1, draw near, O nations, to hear. Let the earth, let the earth hear and all that fills it the world and all that comes from it. The reason why God commands that all the people of the earth come to this one place is to hear of his indignation and his wrath directed towards the entire earth and especially the armies of the earth. And God says of the armies of the earth that they will all be annihilated In fact, the word here for destroy is the same word mentioned in Joshua chapter 6, if you remember, where Achan goes to Jericho and he sees a garment and he loves, he thinks, I want that garment. He sees 200 shekels of silver and he sees a bar of gold and he takes them to himself. The people have been told not to take anything from Jericho They lose the war against Ai, and Joshua comes to the Lord and says, Lord, how come we lost? There's less people in Ai than they were in Jericho. How come we lost this battle? And God says, there's sin in the camp. Somebody's done something wrong. And then Joshua needed to go through with all the people until he came to the tent of Acham. There, Acham, what have you done? I took something I shouldn't have a coat that I wanted, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold, and hidden them under the floor of his tent. Imagine his children going to bed at night. Oh, Dad, Dad, there's something in my back. What's under this tent? Shh, it's a bar of gold, it's a bar of gold. The whole family had to be destroyed. Similar word here. Isaiah calls all the armies of the the world together because God's going to destroy them, he says. And then a terrible picture for us, we can't imagine how this is, where it's described for us that corpses will be strewn everywhere, the stench of the dead will permeate the air, blood will flow like water to such an extent that the mountains will begin to crumble sin has not only polluted the earth, but also the heavens. As one writer said, expressed it this way, it's an extraordinary cosmic convulsion. And the place where God's sword goes out to strike all the nations is in one specific place, that's Edom. Today that's known as Southern Jordan. The whole nation is pictured as a great sacrifice to God. But there's more, Isaiah goes on, names this city Bosra, that today is Petra. That's where all the armies of the world will be destroyed. And The reason for this destruction, Isaiah says, is because this is a day of vengeance by the Lord. The land of Eden will suffer extreme devastation. The streams of Eden will be turned into pitch her oil a soil sorry into sulfur her land shall become burning pitch eden will be nothing but a wasteland and then we come to another part of scripture again we try to wrap our heads around what's going on here where isaiah mentions a whole lot of animals The hawk, the hedgehog, the owl, the raven, jackals, ostriches, wild cats, hyenas, goat demons, buzzards. Isaiah, what are you talking about? Again, one man writes, he says, well, we cannot be certain exactly what animals Isaiah is referring to. For it seems strange that in a land so devastated that animals live and survive where thorns, nettles and brambles overrun everything, possibly the goat demons are demons in the form of a goat and so the whole land will be inhabited by demons what does Isaiah tell the people search the scriptures read all the prophecies of the Lord because every one of them is going to be fulfilled God's spirit is going to be sent out and he is going to ensure that everything that God has commanded will take place Well, that's the bad news. We don't like bad news, do we? We want good news. Isaiah chapter 35. While the land of Edom burns and is a wasteland, Israel enjoys restoration will be a place of beauty. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad, the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. These are the words that we love to hear, isn't it? This is the the scripture that we want to read. Places that are dry and unproductive will undergo some enormous transformation. They'll now become rich and productive. Very places are named Sharon, Bashan, Carmel, They'll be the most productive of all of Israel, extremely productive. And the trees of Lebanon, well known for how glorious they were, well, they shall return and grow again. But then in the midst of all that is the most important thing of all. The glory of the Lord shall be seen. The Messiah will arrive. I hope that you can't but read verses 5 and 6 of Isaiah chapter 35 without thinking of Jesus. The eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the dead unstopped, the lame shall leap like a deer, the tongue of the speechless sing for joy, for waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Remember John the Baptist was in prison and previously he had baptised Jesus and had seen the Holy Spirit come on Jesus in the form of a dove but now in prison John the Baptist was beginning to wonder is he really the Messiah he hasn't overthrown the Romans is he the one that I said he is the one and I am unworthy to untie his sandals. And so John the Baptist went and sent some of his own disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one who is to come or shall we wait for another? And Jesus' response, the words of Isaiah, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised and the poor have good news brought to them. Matthew chapter 15. After Jesus had left Tyre and Sidon, he passed along the Sea of Galilee, and he went up the mountain where he sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the maimed, the blind, the mute, and many others. They put them at the feet of Jesus, and he cured them. So that the crowd was amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed whole, the lamed walking and the blind seeing and they praised the God of Israel. I read passages like that in scripture and I close my eyes sometimes and I just try to imagine the scene of great crowds swarming with Jesus with all these people who are such in a terrible state. They can't see, they need help being taken there or struggling to walk or unable to hear and coming to the feet of Jesus and Jesus speaking to them and touching them and now they're healed and the lame jumping up and down. I can walk, I can walk, I can walk. Or the blind having their eyes opened and they say when blind people first open their eyes, it's all too much, they just can't take everything in. They can just have to open and close their eyelids it's all too much to see everything at once and people shouting out i'm healed i'm healed jesus has healed me back to isaiah isaiah says the land will undergo a great transformation in the wilderness waters shall break out streams in the desert the glowing sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. There will be an abundance of water. We know what that's like, don't we? Particularly this year. In some sandy deserts, it's not that the soil is poor, it's just lack of water. They tell me this is what happens in Lake Eyre. As soon as the water arrives, everything begins to flourish. All the wildlife comes back again. That mirage that they thought on the horizon was just glowing sand will actually really be a pool of water. The thirsty ground will bubble again. And through this once desert, now in full bloom, there will be a highway. The highway of holiness. Those who are eligible to walk on this highway will be the redeemed. No unclean person will be allowed to walk on this highway. The traveller may use it, even the fool. The word here for fool means not somebody who's stupid, but somebody who's inexperienced. They've never walked on a highway before. Now they will have no trouble finding it in the midst of everything around them. But those who won't be allowed to travel on the highway are the unclean, the lion, and the ravenous beast. And then Isaiah goes on, he says, it is the remnant who shall walk into Zion. We shall walk in singing, filled with joy. All our sorrow and sighing will have fled away. God has planned a beautiful place for us to live in. I'm not sure what your conception of heaven is like. I don't think we'll be sitting on the cloud playing a harp most of the time revelation says it's a city but i think within that city this is just my thinking right i think it's a garden within the city i think the new heaven and the new earth that god establishes for you and me is a garden it's a garden well how are we to live now there's another garden mentioned in scripture in psalm verse 1 the psalmist writes and says that we are to be like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season and their leaves do not wither in all that they do they prosper you've seen those those trees those trees that have been there for many many years and they've They've endured all the seasons of life. They've had all the wind battering them. They've had the rain coming down upon them. But the tree stands firm. It shall not be shaken. Of course, the floods came to Brisbane the end of February. And prior to then, for many years, I've been riding my little mountain bike from my place at Alderley out to Nudgee Beach, sometimes even out to Sandgate and on to Redcliffe if I have enough energy along Kedron Brook. But for many months since the flood, that path was closed. And just recently, they've opened it up. So I decided to go for a ride about a couple of weeks ago. I decided to ride out to Naji again. And for the very first time, because I haven't been there since the end of February, I noticed in along Kedron Brook, in the middle of the brook right now, there are these massive trees that didn't survive the flooding And they're there right in the middle of the brook. But the thing that got my attention was this there were trees on the edge of the banks that have fallen over, but they still have green leaves, green shoots. The soil is still so, uh, the roots are still so far down in the soil, even though they've fallen over, they're still alive. They're still like, we're surviving, we're surviving. Psalm 1 psalmist says that you and I are to remain strong in the law don't follow the advice of the wicked put your roots deep down into God and the promise is sure you will yield fruit in its season your leaves will not wither and you shall prosper let's pray together Oh, Lord, that's a great word. Oh, Lord, for us not to follow the path of the wicked, Lord, but to put the roots of our life deep down into you, to trust you, Lord, to know that Christ is sufficient for every moment of every circumstance in our lives. Lord, this morning, May we take this message away with us In whatever situation and circumstance we're in, Christ is my sufficiency. In his name we pray. Amen.
1: Jesus is our living hope. What a wonderful truth that is this morning. Let's stand together.
0: called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, support, strengthen and establish you. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen.